Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? And we're back after a brief little fucking hiatus. I'm bringing you guys a weekly podcast, I promised you. And it's here. A little late, but it's a fashionably late podcast, motherfuckers. All right. Does everything sound okay? I don't even remember how the podcast is supposed to sound. I hope it sounds fine. hope it sounds just dandy. I've been gone. Had a little vacation. Ate Mexican food for fucking five days straight it was beautiful i went to a place called juanita's a place called sancho's a place called fucking uh god where else geez already forgetting the name of the restaurants here where 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 did i go i wrote all the restaurants down they're on my hand they're gone now juanita's fucking captain kino's fucking nothing but oh los olas fucking dude mexican food in san diego is so much better like the farther down south you get the closer to real mexicans you get the better the food is it's fucking amazing i mean there's some good spots around here and we're still you know we still have some of the good mexicans here making the good food i promise you welcome everyone to the bad etiquette podcast i'm your host dallas bronson i am joined here by the snoozy sleepy stinky remington the dog who's sitting on my bed and um it's just laying on my clean clothes uh giving a run for their money seeing if i should wash them again uh, it's a good day to podcast. I'm fucking tanner than shit. It's beautiful. I'm fucking sipping on my blonde espresso coffee. Feels great. Feels great. Feels like a classic, classic episode's coming right at you. Do I know for sure? No, it might go up in flames. Maybe there's an earthquake. Maybe um, someone, you know, has a drive-by shooting a little early, you know, to catch up on the daylight savings that's coming up and blast a hole through my laptop. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that sucks. My show's over. And then I see the sun shining in through my windows and blinds. And I turn around, my shadow has a nice little hole in it. And I go, ooh, the show's really over. Ouch. Oh. Why, why, why'd I go there? What? Anyways. Um, okay. Shout out first thing off the bat to, um, who does shout outs? Is that like normal? Why do people shout things out? Fucking figure it out yourself. I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to shout out. Shit's stupid. Um, oh no, I lied. I do. I do. I do actually have something to shout out for real. And I has nothing to do with my whole commentary about shout outs that I just did right now. So let's ignore that. <laughs> Congratulations to my jujitsu instructor on his brown belt. You're amazing, Josh. Well deserved. Well fucking done. I'm fucking proud. I mean, as proud as someone who is not nearly equipped in jujitsu whatsoever. You know when like someone's proud of you and you're like, mm, okay, Junior, like what have you done with your life? Like, how are you proud? You have no nothing to measure up against. I'm just happy for him. I'm really happy for you, Josh. Thank you. I can't wait to uh, you know, fucking get back to class and get choked by you and have the lights dim and see stars and ache for days on end. You're the man. Congratulations, Josh. Sorry I missed the Build the Grill Cooper seminar and fucking that really sucked. That was a big bummer. I was really excited for that. Um, definitely could have used a good old seminar in case you guys haven't seen me getting strangled on Instagram. Uh, I need the seminar. Seminar is a funny word. Seminar, like, not the word's funny, but it's kind of like a tricky meaning and definition because there's some really cringy, poor, bad, fucking snake oil selling garbage seminar type things in the world, whether it be like, you know, the get rich quick scheme or a pyramid scheme or like a seminar that's like eventually just selling you timeshares. And like, there's all kinds of like really, you know, you got to be careful when people have seminars, like you're forking money over so they tell you some things you might already know or that you might actually figure out on a on the line figuring it out yourself there so careful jujitsu however is so much better learned hands-on i can watch a video about armbar escapes for hours but it really doesn't mean shit until you're showing me in person and i can see the physicality of you and the versus the physicality of me etc y'all know the fucking 
Y'all know the deal. Let's get into it. Um, the fucking, the good old Instagram, Bad Etiquette Podcast Instagram. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, I, I asked my listeners, said, hey, recording soon. Any uh, any questions, topics, and advice wanted? Well, send her here. Send her here. And uh, first one we got from Coben says, talk about Matthew. I hope he's talking about our dear friend Matthew, a mutual friend of mine in Coben's, not Matt, Matt as in Matt Diaz forever, which I end the podcast with that you guys should know by now. But no, Matthew, I can't, I don't even remember, I don't even know his last name. It's some fucking weird shit, I'm sure. But anyway, he is uh, my dear friend, good friend, a young man, about 19, 20 years old. He is six foot nine, really tall. Uh, he might be six foot ten. Honestly, I think he might be uh, seven feet. The more I talk, the taller he grows. So by the end of this, he'll be um, in King Kong versus Godzilla part two. So he is a fucking adorable boy, a young, cute young man, super tall. And I've heard he has the penis of a horse and not just a mini horse and not just a miniature mini horse but a stallion a fucking cock walking cane having bicycle stand tripod setup eiffel tower looking motherfucking pipe or so i'm told I mean, you know, sometimes when he skates, I think that I, when I, when I see him kickflip, he like does like a little pat and it's his dick slipping out of his pants and almost overflips the board. You got to be careful of this young man. Also, another thing about him, he never ever fucking has his name or anything. He, okay. I don't know if you guys know about, I'm going on a tangent right now. Be prepared. Fucking six and a half minutes and it's fucking on. If you keep changing your fucking Instagram username, if you keep changing your fucking profile picture and you keep going through all these goddamn identity crises, you're a fucking lunatic and no one fucking cares and you're not any more interesting than you were last month when you thought that picture worked or this name was cool and clever enough. Just keep one. Just keep one. Just get get one. Keep it. It's solid fucking on it have it forever stop changing your picture stop changing your fu- it's always the people who are like changing their photos and they'll like delete their all they'll they'll fucking archive all their photos how many times have i talked about this dumb bullshit they'll like get, get rid of all these old photos and then they'll like try to have like a new fucking personality and they just like go through these these new identities and they like change all their shit just fucking keep it all i've had the same instagram since 2012 2013 i've gone through four names fucking four names that's it i had fucking um there was like two or three were misfits references and then the fourth has been night of the giving head for four or five years like just fucking keep i went through like a couple when i was uh excuse me for hannah um i went through a couple for also hannah doesn't wipe um i went through a couple like fucking names because i was a kid i get it i was you know i was 18 not a teenager i didn't know any better stop fucking changing your fucking usernames people just keep one just let us identify you with that. I've been Night of the Giving Head forever. Some people say Night of the Giving Dead. And like, like it literally has infected the people around me when they mention the movie Night of the Living Dead. They say Night of the Giving Head or Night of the Living Dead. Like it, it, they've got it fucking mandala affected. And also another weird thing about the Mandela effect. Is it mandala effect or Mandela effect? Because I... I don't know which is which. And if that ain't the fucking proof that that shit exists, I don't know what the fuck else is. Oh, man. Plowing ahead here. Uh, hopefully going to be doing some more stand-up soon. Sorry I haven't been, uh, you know, telling you guys funny jokes and shit. I've just been so excited about doing this fucking podcast with you pretty bitches. You guys, um, also, have you, have you guys listened to that fucking podcast I did with Chris Lambert the about Chris and Smart? That episode was, I'm still getting people like messaging me about it. It's fucking on fire. That shit's insane. I'm really like really excited. And his Your Own Backyard podcast about, which is the investigation about the disappearance and murder of Kristen Smart, whose body has still not been recovered and isn't likely in the backyard of the Flores family. Um, 
go go listen to that podcast. It'll fill you in on all kinds of necessary details that many of the general public are not aware of. And I know I probably said this in the last episode, and I know if you've heard that episode, you're just like, okay, fucking we get it. She's there. Um, sorry, but it's very important. I'm going to go ahead, take a little peek here, see if that Your Own Backyard podcast is coming up and coming out soon. I have a lot, of, a lot more to get into here. So Your Own Backyard podcast coming soon. Hmm. Yep. Okay, just making sure. No updates yet. Not quite. Still got her there. All right. Perfect. Just want to make sure. Um, back to my fucking beautiful uh, vacation and bragging about that. Dallas, you go on so many vacations. What's your fucking problem? Like, oh, I'm, I'm told that like you should just travel and have fun. But Dallas, you always go to the same spot. Uh, I'm, um, shut up. Um. Yeah, I went to fucking, what, one, two, three, I went to like three, I went to four different beaches. One beach, totally destroyed. The other beach, not so fun. And the other beach, really fun. Lots of tourists, gross. And then another beach, which will, from here on out, be referred to as Star Wars Beach. Ah, uh, fucking amazing. You guys can take a look at the Star Wars Beach now. If you go on Night of the Giving Heads podcast, or... Ugh, well, you fucking dumb bitch. Night of the Giving Heads Instagram, and you look, it'll say... It won't say anything. God, why can't I fucking talk and think and say and try, ugh, articulate things? Hold on. There's a picture of me with my dick out on Star Wars Beach, so you can go ahead and check it out. Dallas, why do you call it Star Wars Beach? I don't know. I was there with Kylie, and she's like, this place reminds me of Star Wars. Were there beaches in Star Wars? And I was like, eh, I don't know. There's one in Kashyyyk, and then uh, I was looking at like the the fucking rock formations behind us, and I was like, eh, it kind of does look like you know some fucking shit. It looks like a crashed Star Destroyer and like sticking out of the sand or something. That's where it looked like we were. It was really fucking cool. I highly recommend you figuring out where the fuck it is on your own. Um, Star Wars Beach. Also... I went, dude, we went and saw, we were in Encinitas and we went and saw this Rocky Horror Picture Show and we were like the oldest people there minus the cast who were oldest and fucking, I thought for sure, it looked like a bunch of people that were barely 18, um, but it looked like a bunch of people who weren't ready to go like they like they bought into the whole like alternative lifestyle and they're like oh yeah i dye my hair and i listen to punk rock and we're gonna go see rocky horror picture show but it looked like they were gonna get you know i hate to be one of these grumpy young men but one of those triggered people one of those you know like they were gonna get offended and walk out and they didn't it was great. It was nice. At one point, I was going to say, um, for those of you who don't know, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cult classic. It is a huge film and a lot of influence in the LGBT community and it uh, or the alphabet people as they will be um, from now on referred to thanks to Sticks and, to- Sticks and Stones by uh, Dave, that Dave Chappelle special, which is really great. I don't know what everyone was freaking out about. That's how, like, that shit was not as bad as, like, as offensive as everyone thought it was. Um but also you guys have probably never seen Brian Holtzman. So there's that, uh, there's so much more offensive comedy out there. Just like fucking go back 10 years and watch stand up specials. And they're more offensive than any of the shit he said in there. So go fuck yourselves. You think that shit's bad in any way, shape or form. Don't police people's words. <sighs> Unless they're, you know, they're saying the words incorrectly. Um, then you can please them. Be grammar, grammar Nazis. Those are my favorite Nazis. Fucking correct things. Fucking DM me. Fucking send me a tweet. Be like, hey, Dallas, you fuck these words up. Here, here, here. You don't use that word right. This place is probably an adjective and you used it horribly incorrectly. Just to go for it. But at one point, um, so in uh, it's a cult classic. People go see, there's like, re, you know what? Fuck, I can't even describe it. Let me give you like a fucking Googled definition of it because my... Uh, organic rocky horror picture show uh it came out in 1974 i know that um 1975 i lied fuck i don't know anything uh enjoy my singing enjoy my singing here we go it's fantastic it's also like a musical so if you guys don't like musicals or gay people fuck off you're not gonna fucking enjoy this not that i like you know (laughs) musicals um <laughs> so let's see legacy um cult phenomenon there we go 
How's the Crane House style? Um, people yell things out. A bunch of inside jokes. There are certain parts of the movie people go, oh, they fucking yell things out. They have inside jokes and they have these kind of fucking, you see how I gave up on that? Um, there's moments they sing along and then people dance and there's all kinds of like, it's the, the place where you can talk during a movie and heckle a movie and it's fucking hilarious and super enjoyable. And at one point, one of the things that's popular to say at least from the ones I've been to, has been, waiter. Here, let me set the scene up for you. It's um, Tim Curry as Frankenfurter, Dr. Frankenfurter, the uh, sexy transvestite from Transylvania, um, laying in a pool, lying in a pool in like a little uh, floaty, and the camera's panning out, and someone in the audience usually goes, waiter, there's a dead fag in my soup. And I was going to say that. And I was a little nervous because I was like, Man, it's like, I don't really know if I should say it because it's like we're in an audience and we're kind of surrounded by, you know, fags. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we were surrounded by people who obviously were of the alphabet orientation. So I was like, oh, shit, maybe no one's going to appreciate me dropping the, the F-bomb. So I wasn't going to. But I was gonna, but I was like, I have to. I have to stick to my guns. I have to say it. I have to, I have to be the edgy one. I didn't have to be the edgy one, but you know what I mean? I was like, I I gotta not censor myself for the comfort of others. That's exactly how ideas die and how free thinking becomes dis- distorted and it's bad. And the first time I heard someone say it, it was kind of like, ooh, like there's people that were like, oh, ho, ho, you know, like they were kind of like offended, but it still got some laughs and it was really good. And it was like, that, that's how it, that's how it should be. There should be a, like a spectrum of reaction. Uh, but someone beat me to it, to an earlier part in the fucking uh, movie, actually. It was when Rocky, the actual person named Rocky, was uh, being brought to life like Frankenstein's monster. He was uh, in a bunch of mummy wraps and he was in a big like vat in some water and someone's like waiter there's a dead fag in my soup and he beat me to it and i was like fuck that's not even where you say it you asshole it's always the back row um but do, if you guys like anything fun you owe it to yourselves if you've ever seen that movie in any way shape or form to fucking go to one of these things because i've never been to one where i haven't just been fascinated at the dedication and the obsession and just the badassery of like the people and i think it's one of the finer qualities of the um the LGBT community anyways, because fucking, uh, excuse me. Um, when I was a kid, I first saw it, I was in junior high. I was like 13, 14 years old. And it absolutely kind of established this, uh, normality and like kind of opened my mind to like transgender and transvestite people being in the world because I watched this movie and I was like, Oh, this is okay. Like, this is fun. This is cool. This is, you know, it came out in 1975. Like, it's cult classic. It was like, I, I like this. This is good. It made me, uh, I became a lot more tolerant of like transgender people and transvestites before I was, you know, be, became more tolerant of homosexual people too. Cause I definitely was harboring some like ignorant little teenage kid, idiot, junior high things. You know, you think I say the F word a lot now? Well, I definitely was not saying it in the way I say it now. So careful. Fucking it's it's great to expose people to those sorts of things and makes their ideas go, what does this mean? And they question themselves and they develop this fantastic new thing called a thought, an idea, opens their mind up a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was a really, it's also fun to see like a bunch of disgusting people be over-sexualized. That's cool too. Cause it's like, oh, it opens your mind to like, hey, gross people are horny too. And, um, you know, some of these people are, you don't want to picture being horny, being naked, being cummy, being orgasmic. This shit's kind of a little, uh, you know, you get it. You get it. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to fucking insult people because they're ugly or fat or both. Um, but you know, we, there's categories in porn for a reason. You know, just fucking pick whatever video there is. You go, nah, I don't really like the way this one looks. Not going to make me nut. One of the one of the ladies was had a nice ass, cheeks, good butt cheeks. The one who played uh, Frankenverter. And then it came out without the makeup. And it was like, oh, you fucking fooled us. 
ass or not. I don't know. Oh, also, this brought uh, the term that I don't think anyone uses to my knowledge, but I, I'm going to fucking urban dictionary it right now. This term who I will apply to the uh, person who played Frankenfurter. Ugly hot. You guys are, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's where I started. Ugly hot. You guys know what that is? When someone's like, they're hot, they're like ugly, you know? Kind of like me. Like, I think I'm ugly hot. Like, there's like an ugly hot. It's a thing where it's like, ah, like, oh, another one is uh, the deaf girlfriend in the first season of Weeds. Ugly hot. It's a real thing where it's like, ah, they're kind of ugly, but it's, they're like, their sexuality is a, you know, a mystery. And it's kind of like ugly hot urban dictionary. Okay. <sighs> Excuse me. Sorry about the burps. I know it's rude, but I can never stop. Ugly hot. This is an urban dictionary definition. Ugly hot. A person who is in no way, shape or form conventionally attractive, but everything they do, how they talk, how they walk and the way they move is so incredibly hot that it makes them somehow better looking is still centered on physicality, but it's more about how they use their body or body language than their ugly faces. Coined for my former high school chemistry teacher are often tall, gangly, and interesting men like Chris Martin from Coldplay. I don't know what the fuck he looks like. Ugly hot. An ugly chick for whom, for some reason, for, who wrote that? An ugly chick for whom, for some reason, is hot. You need to fucking need to have a better economy of words there. Ugly hot applies to a guy or girl or girl who is ugly, yet everyone finds them attractive. Similar to a butterface. People may find this person hot because of their body, social influences, or unexplained reasons. Usually ends up to be charm. Me, motherfucker! A male or female who has both ugly and hot characteristics about them and is usually doable. I hate the word doable just because of the way it's spelled. It looks like doble. Oh, they're doble. D-O-A. <sighs> okay. Yeah, so that that's that. Fucking go 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 Rocky Horror Dixure show. Fan fucking fantastic cult film. It's great. I really uh really implore anyone to go see it if there's one around oh especially now because it's fucking fall it's fucking halloween season there's gonna be playing all over the central coast sure and i'm sure in santa barbara maybe they'll do one here in lombok doubt it um and then slow and pismo there's all kinds of places that are gonna potentially have these and i highly recommend you going and seeing what that it's all about also you can fucking youtube the performances when people do these things and there's plenty of lists of things you can bring for props they also have props you can fucking have and then what do you call it the uh the uh the, uh, the inside jokes and the call outs and whatever the fuckery you want to call them um you guys like how my vocabulary has just exponentially grown from fuck to fuckery in a matter of nine months Thanks, guys. All right. I'm going to take a little break because this blonde espresso is uh, making me shit. Excuse me. Be right back. Hey, Bad Etiquette listener. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal at paypal.me slash baddows. Hello, we're back. All right. And moving on to another one of my listeners' Instagram contributions. Um... Guillermo, thank you. He says, what are your favorite horror movies, year they were made, and why? Well, I, it's funny you should ask because I have an actual fucking list of all of my favorite horror movies from the 2000s so it i mean it's impossible to tell you like what someone's favorite horror movies are from any period in time maybe it's not even on this fucking piece of paper maybe i don't even have my notes ready um jesus where is everything jesus we're just outside of barstow and the drugs begin to take hold no where is it hit right hit hit oh you know what actually I was supposed to be doing like an entire stand-up oriented um, episode, this episode, and I forgot because I'm a dumb bitch. So, here we go. Um, I don't have a favorite horror movie that comes to mind immediately, but I do have a movie that I've been wanting to watch 
that I haven't gotten around to in a while, which is The Green Inferno. It's not in theaters, but I need to see it again. I have the Blu-ray, but I don't have a Blu-ray player, so I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, guys. I don't know what to fucking do. I don't know what to fucking do. I seriously had a list of, like, all these horror movies. Anyways, it's gone. I'm not worried about it. Um, Favorite horror movies and why and what year they were made? <sighs> um... This is no easy feat. This is no easy question. I could have stopped this entire podcast, read, um, looked at my entire movie collection. You know what? Here, I'm going to stop real quick to see if I can look at my movies to give me myself like an idea of what my favorites are because this is a quite the question I'm taking quite seriously, much like the rest of the podcast. Okay, one second. It'll be a moment in time and you'll never notice notice never notice there see you didn't even notice okay um well guillermo let me get this fucking thing there it is um my favorite horror movies why in the year they came out he said with the exception of pet cemetery because he's uh somewhat of a you know good listener maybe he listened to my pet cemetery. he's like i heard enough about the pet cemetery shit shut up maybe it was maybe it was like that so the my favorite i went to go write down some of my favorite movies that i own that are horror movies because i really don't know if i can decide right off the bat what my favorite horror movie is because it kind of changes you know you you change as a person your favorite horror movies change that's the beauty of being being in this world actually i have more horror movies right here i didn't even see fuck hold on what do i got down here anything different anything you know some people might ask oh is it night of the living dead because of your name no i just really liked punk culture and i liked horror movies and i thought it'd be funny to like there's a lot of parody things like you can you know psycho billy has like some things like that where they like twist the words around i don't know stuff like that i also you guys listen to psychobilly music i know it's like you know rockabilly and psychobilly is one of those annoying genres that people make fun of a lot but i genuinely fucking adore the music good stuff um huge demented argo fan like the meteors like the, you know like batmobile like fucking um the other two <laughs> hillbilly moon explosion all that good stuff um I really only listen to Demented Argo anymore, but still, the rest, fucking fantastic. Led me to other beautiful genres of music and musicians, too. So, with that being said, favorite horror movies. These are the ones I own that are my favorite, that are just, like, mean the world to me. It's uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Um, not the remake. That one's good, but it's nowhere near my favorites. The first one is fantastic because it's kind of silly, but there's, a, like a like, five to eight minutes of that movie like in the third third act that is so absolutely fucking horrifying and like if i was watching it on acid that's it there's no mind left it would be fucking insane i used to fall asleep to horror movies i i I slept better to like the more violent and disturbing the movie was it was like the better i slept to it so i'd put that movie on and i think the mentality behind that is because when you're sleeping uh, you don't want any bad dreams to happen. So my thinking was like, well, all the bad stuff's happening here outside the dream and I'm asleep over here where the good stuff's happening. So um, almost never did I wake up from like a nightmare and, and then have all the horrible shit right on the TV screen happening. But many times did I wake up and go, holy shit, what the fuck is going on on the TV? And it, it's, it's always this one section of the first evil dead that came out in like 1981 or some shit. Um, maybe it was 83. I don't remember. I wasn't there. I wasn't born yet. I wasn't even a fucking nad yet. I wasn't even in the balls. I was probably like 5,000 nuts away from being it more probably. But yeah, and then Evil Dead 2 is great because uh, it's like a higher quality, more polished, more funny, and more um, aesthetically pleasing version of the first Evil Dead. They do like a little recap and almost like a retelling. It's kind of interesting, but it um, still follows continuity in a way, and so does Army of Darkness, even though all three of them kind of like do like a different version of the first Evil Dead as the recap in the beginning of the movie, kind of like fun little story so that's good harmony darkness is kind of up there i don't really it's like my least favorite of the evil dead trilogy remakes okay too um but not anywhere near the top and then cabin fever i love cabin fever cabin fever is one of the most 2000s movie that has 
ever existed. I don't know any other movie that I watch and I go, yep, this was made in the 2000s and this is awesome. It's like that kid from fucking Boy Meets World is in there. The kid from Detroit Rock City is in there. Um, The other guy from Grind is in there and then some girls are in there. I don't know who they are. Um, the 2000s music, they're dropping F-bomb. I, the word faggot isn't that important to me, but it is kind of a cultural timestamp when you see it used loosely. So there's like a, this odd, um, you know, <laughs> uh, pejorative nostalgia I get when people use it. So it's kind of interesting to like see people just kind of drop it to each other. Um, I'll, I'll try to stop bringing that up because I'm sure it's not the most interesting thing I could, but that movie's so great. And it's also like super fucking suspenseful, super funny. And it has a lot of fantastic homages to, uh, legendary horror films like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is moving on to my next, one of my favorite, the original 1974, at least I fucking hope I'm really missing the mark with the 1974 years here. Um, 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre original. That movie scared me to fucking death. The first time I tried watching it, I was maybe 10, 11 years old. Um, they'd like rented the DVD. It was me, my grandmother, my brother, sister, cousins, like all sitting in this big living room, totally pitch black, nothing but the TV screen on. And I was watching the beginning of this movie unfold and it's absolutely terrifying. They have the intro, they have the crawl uh, describing what's going on. And then it opens with these like strange um, photo developing noises and picture taking noises. And you see all these like vague images of gore, like crime scenes. And then it opens to this fucking corpse, just like tied to a cross in the middle of a graveyard with this uh, uh, radio voiceover talking about the crimes that are being committed and the bodies that are being found. And then uh, that's after you read this thing that's telling you this is the true story and it actually happened. And I grew up like thinking most of my life that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre really fucking happened and that there was actually some fucking things out there that actually fucking happened. But it turns out that's not quite what happened. Turns out the real story is even scarier, even fucking more terrifying because it's based on one of the most infamous serial killers of all time, my man from Wisconsin, Ed Gein fucking gnarly dude he he's one who like made lampshades out of people and ate them and had like a belt made out of bitches nipples and stuff that dude's fucking crazy if you go back deep enough on the night of the giving head instagram you'll see the uh, the fucking um wheels i have have jeffrey Dahmer and ed gein on them they're two cannibals fucking nuts super that the shit he did is way crazier than whatever they happens in um texas chainsaw massacre but the first kill in Texas Chainsaw Massacre was unlike any other horror movie I had seen at that point in my life. And I had seen a lot of horror movies at that point. I was 10 years old, which is kind of young for some people. But me, I saw a lot of horror movies. My parents did not regulate the shit I watched on TV, which might kind of lead you to understand why I'm kind of the way I am. This shit was the first kill I'd ever seen in a horror movie where there's no music score. You don't know it's coming. You don't know what it is. It happens in the daytime. That fucking jars you. That's been done to death now, and now we just see it regurgitated in midsummer to the point of nausea. But fucking, it was the first time something like that that could happen happens, and you get scared, and I think it actually happens. And that's after they pick up that hitchhiker, and he has a fucking gross birthmark, and he fucking cuts the other fucking dude's hand, and oh, man the bones and like the dead that thing i had to walk out of the living room i remember this very vividly it was the first time monsters inc was shown on television on the cartoon network channel because that's what i went into my bedroom and watched well my uh, cousin chris trump crump was uh, asleep up on like the top bunk and i was like there and i'm like mm, looks like i'm gonna watch some fucking uh good old monsters inc because i'm not watching that shit fucking terrifying to this day love that movie um i have like the special edition or whatever some bullshit around there uh great movie i haven't i haven't seen the remake it didn't really interest me i don't like the um color grading on the film they use whatsoever it kind of just gives it like a real dull and like for forgettable um uh viewing experience i think so 
that's how I feel about that. Also, they had a recent one come out. I don't know if it was called just Texas Chainsaw or it was just called Leatherface, but it was a uh, like this weird twist at the end. That one was okay. That was kind of interesting to see. Um, also, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, fan fucking tastic. I don't own that movie, but it's with Dennis Hopper and um some other people i forget who but um bill mosley who famously from house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects and now three from hell which comes out in october which i will be doing a review of because those are two of my other favorite fucking horror movies i've ever seen house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects fangoria fantastic i fucking Love those. They're such genre. This is what I mean. When I was talking about the Eli Roth movie, Cabin Fever, it's just such a like, you just feel there. There's certain filmmakers that make me want to make horror movies. Rob Zombie is one of them. I know uh, some of my other more pretentious friends are going to be like, well, Rob Zombie's music's bad and his movies are bad. But go fuck yourself. They're so fucking enjoyable. Just sit there and enjoy stuff. You know, it's so weird. Some of the most uh, indulgent people you know in the world have some of the most, like, fucking snobby palates you could even think of. I just consume things and just enjoy what I can out of them. Like, very, very rarely are things so bad that I just refute them and I hate them. You know, Midsummer kind of did that to me a little bit. Um, The girl caught trapped in the spider's web. Is that what it's called? I have the book right here. The fucking girl with the dragon tattoo. But uh, yeah, the girl in the spider's web. That movie was fucking garbage. Don't watch it. Um, moving on to The Strangers. The Strangers. The second one, pretty good. Liked it, really enjoyed it. You know, kept some of the vibe of the original. Kept And then it had like a bit of um, a final girl mentality to it. I like that too, but... The Strangers, the original Strangers is unlike any other horror movie I've ever seen. It is so brooding. It is so dark. It is so atmospheric. It is so genuinely petrifying and reasonably violent. And there's twists and there's fucking just a creep factor that's done so elegantly that you don't see in any other movies. I can't remember the last time I saw a movie like the strangers that was so goddamn unnerving that you took seriously. Usually when you watch a horror movie, you go, Oh, I'm watching a horror movie and this dumb bitch is going to get fucking killed. And then we're going to go on to see if the guy gets killed or vice versa. And the Virgin lives. And it's kind of like typical, you know, where it's like, Oh, how, how are these people's lives going to turn from live to demise? But this one is starts out on a bummer note you realize like things are not good and then it just gets worse from there. You know what I mean? Usually horror movies start and it's like, oh, things are good and we're going to the fucking cabin in the woods to go kick it and party. Or, oh, um, we just got back from a funeral and things are just gonna get even worse. But this one touches upon something that is kind of, fucking cliche now like like most of the time horror movies have the i think horror movies might have taken it from this because i don't remember last time i don't know where this started there's, there's this trope in horror movies where they open with some negative bad thing happening and then whatever protagonist is in the film is trying to escape it or get away or go you know escape that reality of the tragedy or misfortunes happening or the heartbreak and there's always something like oh dad died or oh my husband died or oh we lost a child and then there's this there's always something that's like hey you thought that was the worst shit ever right well guess what fucker it's getting worse and it just goes down from there well strangers does this better than any of those because it doesn't make it the fucking like sore book bookend of the movie it just like makes it like they have to come to i don't know just go watch the strangers it's so creepy it's so fantastic you it's worth like two viewings because there's shit you don't catch and you're like oh fuck and it's really good also for those of you who are fans of always sunny in philadelphia fucking dennis is in it dennis is in there and he's like you know i know he's a serial killer and uh always sunny on philadelphia but He's not in this one. You'll see. Uh, moving on. Um, one of my favorite, 
favorite, absolute like top two or three Stephen King adaptations of any movie, like any any movie based on any of his works. It, you know, never mind Pet Cemetery. Let's never mind the Stand by Me. Those hold special places in my heart for other reasons, obviously. You know, never mind it. That was good. You know, but I'm talking about you know. Never mind Gerald's Game. I know that made me faint. That movie was so good it made me faint while I was watching it. You know, I probably had some low blood sugar. Uh, excuse me. I'm talking about motherfucking 1408, bitches. Room 1408, 1408. That one it was so good. It's one of those movies where it's like no one talks about it. No one mentions that it, there's like a, a haunted hotel room and it's good. Why? No one mentioned that. Why didn't they why did they not bring that up? It's fucking it's so good. It's creepy, it's spooky. It it's a I love any movie that blends like a healthy daytime amount and then a good spook factor and a good creep factor. I'm saying spook, but I'm I'm going to stop cuz it sounds like a slur. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. I need to clear my throat here. <coughs> I'm alive. I need to get out of here, go skate a little bit. Um, yeah, fucking 1408 is fantastic. Another one, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite modern day horror movies, It Follows. I heard some bullshit from people, some negativity from bitches. Fuck off. This movie's great. It's fucking fantastic. You know, It Follows came out in 2014, maybe 2015. Uh, can't really remember. Um, I watched this movie on acid the first time and mistake. No, cause it's just as good off acid. I was coming down from acid and I watched this for the first time at like three or four in the morning and Jesus Christ, I watched it. This is, this is what happens when you do acid. You, um, throw burritos at people. You come home, do face masks with your mom. You do shots of vodka and then you sit down and you watch a horror movie and then you watch it with commentary and then you watch it again and fall asleep. So it falls. I'm not even going to tell you the premise, but it's amazing. Don't do yourselves a favor. If I could recommend a modern day horror movie to you, it would be, it follows. It's fantastic there. I know I keep saying things are fantastic and I'm sure it's redundant, but I'm going to name off a few of my personal favorite movies from the 2000s or at least from like 2005 to like two, the last or the last 10 years or so. I did a little list and these are fantastic. Uh, sorry, I keep saying that um, horror movies that mean the world to me. So get ready. These are fucking good and they're awesome. And I need you guys. If you like any horror movies, gore movies, thriller movies, check these out. They're almost strictly horror genre on this list and i'll give you some like thrillers maybe another time but it follows of course vhs the whole series vhs one two and even three there's a good couple good segments in number three the conjuring one and two one terrifying two scary but brings a whole nother like ton of um of those horror maker idiosyncrasies. I really appreciate those. Don't breathe. The guy who, uh, Fetty Alvarez, I think his name, he's the one who did evil dead remake, which was really good, but don't breathe's better, much superior movie. I think it's original story too. And it's with the same chick from evil dead and she's hot in both movies. Um, the crazies bet one of the better remakes of like old seventies horror movies really like this. I think it's with Timothy Oliphant. <sighs> Just, uh, one of those movies that has the same kind of color grading as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, but I really enjoy it. And I think it does offer a lot of good, uh, atmosphere to it. Okay. Now here's another, another, another one. This is with Scarlett Johansson. And if this is a bonus for you people, she gets completely fucking nude in this movie. That's not why I like it. I like it because it is just so strange and dark and mysterious and they don't make horror movies this way. It's like someone who didn't make horror movies made a fucking sci-fi horror movie. And it's called Under the Skin. Scarlett Johansson isn't a sexy alien bitch in this movie and kidnaps people. And the way she like abducts people rather is so haunting and romantic and just insane. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. 
also there's this champion motorcycle racer in it that plays one of the other aliens i think i don't know i don't remember i have to give it a watch again but that is easily it was on a bunch of top 10 lists you know bloody disgusting one of the best movies of the year 2015 2016 around that time is really when I had like a big horror renaissance in my, I know, I know I'm spending a lot of time on Guillermo's like question here, but I really, really love horror movies as you guys know. So this is becoming like a horror movie podcast essentially after all that bullshit. <sighs> um, Tucker and Dale, really good, funny one, just like cabin in the woods. Good. Um, uh, satirical horror movie. Love that. But also really powerful fucking, uh, fun. Highly enjoy in the innkeepers which is up there. Um, I think it's made by the same person who does, uh, Ooh, a super totally forgot about this. Uh, top 10 favorite movies of all time. The house of the devil. Great feel has a 1970s, 1980s horror movie feel. Um, beautiful score, super suspenseful. I really don't like slow burn movies as much as I used to, but this one I'll always love. And it is a slow burn and the payoffs really worth it because, you just get the fucking nut. It's a great movie. I love the uh, House of the Devil. Fan fucking tastic, as I'm sure you knew I was going to say. Uh, Your Next is another really good one. Another really modern day kind of uh, brings a modern twist to the whole fucking locked room mystery of um, horror movies. So I like that. I like that a lot. Check out Your Next. Uh, Red State, Kevin Smith's horror film, which is you know, a kind of a parody of, not parody, but um, an interpretation of the Westboro Baptist Church and killing gay people. And it honestly unsettled me like no other. So really appreciate a red state when it came out. Cheap Thrills, good, you know, arguably not really a horror movie, but kind of like a, a thriller, but uh, it's a comedy. It's a lighthearted one. It has the great Pat Healy from The Innkeepers and who also has uh carnage park i think was the hit, the hit the name of his directorial debut which is kind of a horror thriller suspense gore movie F- fucking great check that out too uh housebound super good main character's name's kylie we got a fucking what do you call it what do you call it what do you call it what do you got a, uh australian or new zealander uh what do they call it? oceanic um new zealander uh kiwi kiwi people oh remy's out of here someone's home maybe daddy's home let me close this door make sure no one's interrupting the podcast <sighs> Um, Green Inferno, another Eli Roth movie, Sinister, underrated, The Invitation, that actually has a comedian whose name's escaping me right now, I really like, fuck, can't think of his name, I'm doing him a disservice, funny comedian, um, anyways, Invitation, super good, The Witch, no, I haven't even mentioned The Witch, any of you guys who like horror movies know The Witch is super fucking duper, and he, the guy making the movie, I forget his name, Robert something. It's like Robert Eggplant or something. Um, oh, Robert Eggers. That's right. That's how I remember his name. Eggers Eggplant. I just associated the two. <laughs> he has a movie coming out. I believe it's just called The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and uh, Robert Battinson. Battinson? Yeah, he's going to be the new Batman, guys. Um, that looks so fucking good. It's all in black and white. I can't wait. I'm going to be talking about that shit on here. You fucking betcha. I don't even know when it's out. Autopsy of Jane Doe um, has Emile Hirsch. It's, um, I think it's, just, is it a Stephen King story? I don't think it is. Stephen King really liked the movie. That's right. That's how I got into it. Is Stephen King did a good review of it, and I really like that one too. Creep. Found footage films are usually fucking lame, but Creep is fantastic. Highly recommend the second one. Sequel, super good. Um, Green Room. The dude who does The Green Room, um, whose name also escapes me right now, has this series of like weird Southern Gothic, like dark fucking movies of just, I can't even put a name on it. I was actually supposed to send a list of these style of movies to the producer or engineer or whatever the heck you want to call him my my good buddy j-lo jonathan lopez the man who man behind the scenes that keeps this show together uh green room literally just ripped me apart when i watched it the first time i was like oh no oh halloween halloween the original halloween and halloween 2 are on in a league of their own like i think they're like such good horror movies you can't even you can't even compare these other movies to them and this isn't even uh 
the in the to- last 10 years like i was saying but I, I do have the new halloween on here which i did, did appreciate which is super good i can't wait to see the halloween returns and halloween kills if that's what they're called but um just to throw back to the halloween movies and john carpenter movies in general like the thing fan what's he gonna say fucking tastic that's right <sighs> god coming to a close here late phases good werewolf movie um beyond the black rainbow that's all I'm going to say about that one. You're going to have to look that one up yourself. If you guys can access Beyond the Black Rainbow, don't watch it without being on drugs. Um, the House Jack Built and Antichrist, both made by the wonderful and powerful um, guy's name. I forget. Forget, but House the House Jack Built, you'll never see a movie that just openly kills children the way that movie does and just openly is it's like in the world and mind of a serial killer like henry portrait of a serial killer should could have been like it's like a modern day henry super good i don't even know if you guys are even on the same page anymore if anyone's turned this off if anyone's here in movies and they're shouting at the fucking whatever ipod they're listening to this on ipod um just just know if you guys have horror movie recommendations or horror movies that I'm not mentioning that you think I would like or think that I should have mentioned and I did not, please fucking at me, DM me, send me a link, send me a message, tell me about them because I went through, you know, pretty hard on like in the pain. Obviously, I missed the whole slasher genre of the 80s. There's no Freddy. There's no Chucky. There's no Jason, you know, uh, barely touched on Michael Myers. And also, for the fucking record, the big four of slashers are Leatherface, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees. Chucky can go suck a dick. Thank you, guys. This has been another edition of the Bad Etiquette Podcast. Oh, also, one more thing. Uh, Rest in peace, Daniel Johnson. I'm so sorry Uh, I did not get to Jack's question or comment soon enough because I spent so much time in the horror movies. But... If you guys are seeing all these pictures of this random musician, you don't know who he was, and you remember that Hi, How Are You shirt with the two eyeballs and the little creature, frog, whatever, that um, Kurt Cobain wore at the 93-94 VMAs, um, one of Kurt Cobain's biggest influences, super great musician. There's a great documentary called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. That's how I got into Daniel Johnston and discovered who he was for myself. Uh, Highly recommend. And as always, Matt Diaz forever. I'll see you guys with someone across from me next week. Goodbye.